podcasting collaboration. An oddball magazine. My stuff can get really quirky, but if I get over the top quirky, the oddball is like, that's the uh, market for I love Twitter just because what I say doesn't Balls. The oddest, the oddest of balls. Acid seat and just, ah, I got it right. Or I'm going to trip uh, or, or both. Sydney Brady. We're Brady. talking about this because we were telling these great stories before the show actually started. Yeah. And I made a Cindy Brady TV crack that she just like, I'll just freeze. Right over my head. how Cindy Brady was. But if you said Marsha, 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 I would know that one because... It's a Cindy episode, like she was going to be on TV and she was being a total dick to her family. Like she was all like, yeah, you know, I'm on TV, blah, blah, blah. Because, you know, Cindy's a very unlikable character. If you wrote her in a book, no one would like her. So yeah, Cindy, the, 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 which ones? Are, there's Marsha. There's Cindy, Cindy, the youngest one in curls. With the curls. Ah, oh, she's so. Yeah. yeah, she was the, the one with the curls, right? Worst. This, this yeah. She, she never really had a great episode that... People are like, Cindy was cool, or Cindy did this. She always was sort of like the annoying, like, like, this. Yeah. She sucked, right? I didn't like her. Like, even Bobby got a Joe Namath episode. Uh, I mean, the the, 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 the best one uh, is still, the, the it still still resonates with me, is the uh, fighter in Hawaii. That's right. No, no, yeah. yeah, and they also have the taboo in Hawaii. It's like, yeah. the taboo that they found, you know, and he's surfing. And then he wipes out, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and in real life, though, I mean, the table can't be totally bad luck because he lived, you know, he lived on for many more episodes. He's still alive, I believe, right? He is. So it can't be that bad luck, right? Johnny Bravo. Is he Johnny Bravo? I, the, the show Johnny Bravo? No, he, that was his rock stage name on the Brady Bunch, Johnny Bravo. And then uh, I'm sure the show borrowed from that and had to have. There was two shows. There was Johnny Bravo, uh, man. I'm gonna, Johnny Bravo, the show on Cartoon Network, which was really great, very funny show. And then uh, there was the other show with uh, Johnny Bravo from Entourage, right? His name was Johnny yeah. Bravo, right, right, right. So, um, yeah. So uh, this is uh, the Oddball Show. I'm talking with uh, Tim Gager here. Um, hey, Tim. How you doing, Jason? Just wind me up about old. Nostalgic TV, and I'm ready to go. All right. Oddball, yeah, I love the Oddball show, and I, you know, I've been in Oddball, published in Oddball ten times. So, like, you know, ten times. Yeah. What did we make that joke? Oddball royalty. Wait, what does it say? Any chance? The oddest of balls. The oddest. Of, you're the oddest of balls. The goddess of balls. Yeah, <laughs> the goddess of balls. Uh, so that's ten times in Oddball. So that's royalty right there. That's, that's really well, good. As we were saying before, it just feels like home. Like, you know, you guys are very accepting of my stuff. And, like, <clears throat> I can put out – my stuff can get really quirky, but if I get over-the-top quirky, like, oddball is, like, that's the uh, market for it, for sure. Just go there. Just go there, right? That's That should be our motto. Just go there. Uh, exactly. Yeah, I mean, honestly, Tim, you can do no wrong with oddball. There's been people who have done wrong with oddball. We had to say, look – 
can't keep on doing this. That's that's not working. But Tim has done no wrong at Oddball, so we, we continue. Yeah, like, like don't submit five times every issue and try to get in every issue. Oh, he's accepted you two weeks ago. No, please. No, you know what's, what's funny? If you do that long enough, you just become a columnist. And then uh, you're just a week. <laughs> is, uh, is that how you got your columnist? Yeah, actually, that's how I, I got one columnist, a uh, great guy. Uh, he His name is Bruce Wise most prolific writer ever if i was to write another oddball publishing book it would be uh, it would be his book uh, although i've said that to everyone who's talked to me about it yeah i'd put out your book sure i'll put out your book it takes a long time to put out a book tim i, I mean i know you know right it takes oh a, yeah it takes a while it's not just like a it's not like a microwave thing you just throw it in well it's almost longer it takes longer than it takes to actually write the book accurate and then by the time you're done with it you're like i don't want to look at these words ever again and then when those words come out you're like hey look at my book you know you're looking at it you're like i've looked at this thing like a million times but here look at it want me love me you know and on the flip side your publisher will say like this is the final copy i want you to look at and i'll look at it and find something and then, then like two weeks later they'll be like this again is the final copy and i keep finding shit and they're like oh, yeah. And they're annoyed at me. I'm like, look, I just wanted to be right. It's embarrassing. How, I mean, for it's me, like, how many uh, final drafts, final draft draft, final draft two, final draft 2.1, final draft 2. Point, honest, this is our final draft. This is the final. And then it'll go through and it'll be like, final one, <laughs> final two. You know, but it's much better that way than like you run to a publisher that just says, "Oh, we're going to accept it." Wait, is there a process here? Oh, no, no, just going to print. I've run into this. I, I've messed up myself. I, 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 I produced a great book, "Prayer for the Misbegotten," with a glaring typo on it after it had been produced, and I was like, "Oh, crap!" So I had to redo that whole thing after we had ordered copies, and you know, like that day, that that's that stuff happens, but. Uh, telling you, I mean, putting out your own book is one thing, but anyway, going back to Bruce, Bruce writes so much. I mean, Tim, you write a lot. I mean, you, you gave me the advice, ass and seat, right? Yeah. Sit in your, sit down in the chair, ass and seat. Oh, ass in seat. No, I give you the advice to put acid on your seat. Called acid. <laughs> acid seat and just see what happens. Just, just see. Right. Feel the burn. <laughs> <laughs> acid seat and just ah, i gotta write or i'm gonna trip uh or or both uh you know uh and uh oh, that's true just i mean you write out your bad i mean that's what... <laughs> right out your bad write out your bad and call it a, call it a, uh you know let you cool it acid test you know and, and you know whatever uh i always find that's the beauty with writing like you can like as you evolve you always get better just by doing it and you always get better so like um, the more you write, the more stuff you can put in your rearview mirror. You know, even yeah, yeah. When the stuff, I don't know. I think to a point that the stuff I'm writing now, I might still like in ten years, but like that wasn't true like five years ago. But, yeah, you know, I look at the oh, stuff man. that I've written now. Um, it's almost I I write so much um, for Oddball. Um, I have a I have a Tuesday column uh, over three hundred. 25 330 i don't know what the exact number is but um it's been a long time since i've been in a, a notebook guy just like a, a notebook guy it's like everything that I, I almost everything that i put on paper 
goes out. So that yeah. means there's a lot of glaring. Uh, I don't want to say it's. I don't think it's crap. I don't think it's crap. I don't think it's. I don't really know. I don't. I. I don't really know if it's crap or if it's just. Uh, I have a deadline and I just throw. Something yeah, out. I mean, as a columnist or a regular contributor, like sometimes stuff's gonna get out there. Like yeah, like you know, you can go as high up as like you know the Boston Globe. I'm sure like uh, Dan Shaughnessy and Bob Ryan have columns that they regret. You oh, know, they can do no wrong. Those guys. They're the pros. Yeah. No, I don't know. I think. I think. I think eventually you just mess up. Yeah. Right. And well, like Mike Barnacle, like Mike Barnacle's, like beloved for years and years, and I forget specifically what his mistake was. It might have was it plagiarism? Was it plagiarism? Yeah, and he was yeah. gone. You know, he was gone yeah. that week. Have a nice weekend, Mike. Don't come back. Take have your nice, yeah. Have a nice take weekend, Mike. Take your typewriter and get the hell out of here. But okay, so I. I'm gonna. I, I know that we're not really. We're not. We're not scripting this conversation. We're not talking about anything. But I did mention something in pre-show. It's like, hey, like we're not gonna really talk about much or anything at all. But I did want to mention to you, Bukowski turned a hundred. Thought maybe we could talk about that. Um, For a guy who's a hundred, he doesn't look too well. He's alive and well, and he's a hundred years old. Um, oh, sure, I'll talk about Bukowski. I have some very specific thoughts on Bukowski. Yeah, I mean, I look at revisions okay and i wonder if bukowski was a revision guy i don't know if he was he wrote so much do you think he was a revision guy here's the thing what i found out about researching bukowski years ago that um he wasn't as drunk as he was portrayed to be because if he was he would never be able to produce as much as he did i believe publisher john martin said that and uh you know that's the person that worked directly with him i'm sure he revised but also with his style, I'm sure that he didn't necessarily have to or want to, or if he reached a point that, you know, he could take away. But it's his stuff. I don't really know his process. Yeah. Well, that's what I think I like about it. Because when I read it, I feel like I'm reading like a first or second draft of something that he put out. Because his books are numerous. He's many books. He has, you know, up, up to Septuagenarian Stew, which is still, he's 70. And it's like, it's like that big. It's. 200 so pages or 300 pages you know um you know i push out a book you know 100 pages or something and you know i need i, I deserve a medal and such generic stew is just 200 pa 200 pages 300 pages well what you said exactly sums it up too like you said i read his stuff i feel like i'm reading through some drafts and the thing is like i think that gave a lot of people and a lot of kids like myself the confidence to be like hey i can do this like, it doesn't have to be, like, I mean, kind of, that's sort of where I started. And uh, there were a bunch of writers that I read that I loved that I thought that I could emulate or could produce just as well or just as much. And I'm not saying that with a big ego. I'm just saying that, like, well, if he can do it, I can do it. Yeah. And I think Bukowski can get credited, I believe, for starting the careers of more poets and writers than any other writer out there. Yeah, and I can agree with that too. Uh, you know, you look at his poems and they aren't, um, you know, we just, you know, I, I do a workshop uh, for, um, it's called Writer's Block. And we were literally just talking about one of my favorite poems of Bukowski's, which is So You Want to Be a Writer, which some people took it as, hey, um, you know, his, 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 uh, what is his, his tombstone says, don't try, you know? Yeah. So, 
um, people were like, hey, is he saying like, don't be a writer or, or if, it, if you're pushing it, don't be a writer. Um, if you're faking it, don't be a writer. Uh, and some people thought yeah, both. Yeah, yeah, right. And I was like, I was thinking, you know, honestly, um, I like what he's saying because you know, to not be a to to not push it, to don't fake it, don't ask your, don't ask permission, don't read it, don't. But I can't. I mean, not like you know, don't like read it in front of your girlfriend or your boyfriend or your parents, all that kind of stuff. Like, don't be pretentious about it. That's... Don't be pretentious about it, right? But I was like, I was like, I think I'm a writer, and I check off at least one of those boxes. I don't know. I, I, I've, I've said, hey, like, I've written this. Can you like take a look at this? Do you, do you this sounds okay. You know. Yeah. I mean, Tim, tell me you have never done that. Can you look at this? Does this look okay to you? But yeah. um, I like yeah, definitely. Yeah. We all have our readers. There are people I trust with my stuff before it gets out there as well. But yeah, yeah, I, I, I think that he had that whole thing about pretentiousness. And being phony. I mean, in a, in a way, he kind of was like the living Holden Caulfield. Yeah, right. That's yeah, an older version of Holden Caulfield. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's good. I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a valid point. You know, uh, happy birthday to Bukowski. He turned 100, and I wonder what his Twitter feed would be like these days. And I was thinking that, and I actually put that in my my last poem. I wonder if he'd be a Avid tweeter. I bet you there's a fake Bukowski or a fictional Bukowski Twitter out there that's probably pretty close. I, probably, I bet you I should find that. It's probably a great bot. There was this, I don't know if he was a real bot or not, but he was called Coffee Dad. Do you remember Coffee Dad on Twitter? No. Coffee Dad was great. His, his tweet was, it was like, it's, it's 3.05, I need coffee. 3.25, I need coffee. You know what I can do? I can do some coffee. And then like throughout the whole thing, it was just, ah, you know what I can do? I need a coffee. And then it would be like, it would be like some kind of like thing. And then it would be like, it would, it, I, I couldn't tell if it was true or not, if it was like a sad thing or if you just really like coffee. But if it's real, it was, it was brilliant. Um, hey, that's back when Twitter was so innocent before like, you know, the president took it over. <laughs> I freaking love Twitter now. I don't, I don't, I mean, we're on Facebook right now. Right. But I love Twitter just because what I say doesn't matter. Um, if that makes sense. Uh, if I say anything, like, if I say something like, you know. Does it matter on Facebook? Well, it, it, does it matter on Facebook? I don't know. I know everybody on my Facebook. I don't, I don't, I've never talked to Kanye West. So, you know, I mean, but I can, I can watch Kanye West. I can watch can all Kanye West. Well, I, I could, I could, I could text Kanye, I guess, on Twitter. Have you ever had a famous person retweet or like one of your tweets? Yes. Hey there, all you mammals and Martians. This is Prof from The Oddball Show. If you've been tuning into our preposterous podcast and like what you've been hearing, why not pop over to iTunes and leave us a review? iTunes not your thing? Well, then come on over and follow us on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play Music, and Buzzsprout. Learn more about who we are at oddballmagazine.com and jplineproductions.com. Link up with us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Send us a tasteful yet inspiring postcard, or just give us a holler in your nearest CB radio, good buddy. On behalf of Jason Wright and myself, thanks for listening to The Oddball Show, and stay tuned. Yes. Chuck D. Chuck D. Chuck D follows me on Oddball Magazine, which I don't know why he does that. I mean, I don't think we have... I mean, I don't say that. We do put out our stuff, but Chuck D. follows me on Oddball Magazine, which, which is pretty cool. And um, Atmosphere, uh, he recently put out uh, an album with MERS, and I said, oh, man, this album just dropped, good going. 
and he liked it. And um, one one time, Lyrics Born uh, liked one of my my tweets. What about you? Huh? Are you have you ever reached the tw the tweetosphere? Yeah. Um... Uh, some people that have followed me or retweeted me or liked me is um, oh, uh, Lisa Loeb. Oh, okay. Louis Fair. Nice. Well, those this seems like yeah. sound like real, actually. Real yeah. 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 And that's kind of cool. It's really weird because it's sort of like, you know, you try not to be all like star fucky, but it's like, you know, it's like, hmm, you know. I'm somebody now. <laughs> and I tell you, you'd be like random, like, I wonder what Detlef Shrimp is doing. Yep, he has a Twitter account. <laughs> so I see his his Twitter account, D Brown. My oh, goal is to insult now, you know? I try to insult Trump every day on Twitter. My goal is to have him respond back to it, but he just won't engage, damn it. You won't engage. I don't know. I mean, every I mean, I think everybody's goal is to insult Trump on Twitter. I mean, that's that's half my timeline. Uh that's hard. So the few people who are like, hold on. You're kind of MAGA, and I didn't realize you were MAGA. Interesting. And then, like, like 95%, and I'm like, I'll hold on to you just to see where you're going. But 95% of you, I'm with you. You know what I mean? Uh, so, like, I don't know. Like, it's kind of cool. I followed, okay, here's a story. Jim Less. Do you know who Jim Less is? You know who Jim Less is? Uh -uh. Jim Less is, he was on the 1989 FLIR hoop team. 1989 hoop uh, all uh, basketball uh, series of cards. Okay. okay? Um, I had every single card to complete that series, except for the Jim Less. Jim Less. It's a five cent card on Beckett. Okay. And if I get that card, then I complete my series, and then I have a full series of 1989 hoop basketball cards. Do you still collect cards at all? No, I. I I don't think I can do that. I don't even know where to get them. Like, I don't know. You might get them on eBay. You might restart. It's funny. Like, my brother and I have restarted a lot of the things that we did when we were kids. And he collects cards. And, like, we're trying to, I mean, mine is to get the, uh, the, uh, Cal, the Billy Ripken fuckface card. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? No. Calling a bat. And on the very end of the bat, one of his teammates wrote fuckface on it. And How much is that card worth? Card. Oh, of course, I think it was a FLIR card. They, they whited it out. Oh, man. You know, a couple of hundred went out in circulation. Yeah. I, I had, I had, I had, um, I had a Larry Bird card. I had a Reggie Lewis card, which probably meant the most to me. And that was just because Reggie Lewis rookie card. Yeah. Most to me. Um, I mean, I had a bunch of Shaquille O'Neal classic cards. I don't think those are worth anything. But anyway, um, yeah, I was a baseball card guy. Yeah, no, I was a basketball. I'm a basketball guy through and through. Uh, um, I don't know. You watching right now? The Red Sox are kind of a dumpster fire. I mean, the MLB is kind of a dumpster fire, actually. It kind of is. It's kind of like a fake season. It almost feels like a video game in a lot of ways. Yeah, right. It's like it's like uh, it's like da -da 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 -da. let's spread COVID throughout the whole you know the whole 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 country uh, through bus through buses through. Well, a lot of the cardboard cutouts tested positive this week. <laughs> Is that true? That's not true. Uh, I love it when they have cardboard cutouts, like in the outfield fence, and the, the home run is hit. It like it bends a cardboard cutout over. Like yeah, <laughs> that happened in real life. That would need a medical attention. Like, for example, in hockey, right? The Bruins have a certain thing that they play. They have a certain horn when they score, and they have a little theme song. So when they score, all those things go off. 
and there's no fans there. But then the other team scores, their theme song goes off. So, like, who's the home team here? It's, it's sort of messed up. Yeah. Have you watched? Uh, have you watched any of this, this, the, 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 the Celtics basketball? Because I think they're doing it right. But the only thing is, if someone like hard fouls you or something, I don't think they go, oh, or boo or anything. So it's like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, like, like a real basketball, you know, the, the real energy of a, of a, of a court. So. Uh, what is the league that, like, if you hit your keyboard? more times than the other teams hits their keyboards. Like if you're a Celtic fan, you hit the C and it actually, like it affects like the crowd noise. It's a, it's a, it's a, is that a thing? Yeah, it's a thing. Oh, really? I did not know that. Interesting. So they, they, uh, they, won, uh, they won one game so far in the playoffs. So. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, see, uh, uh, unfortunately, the real Red Sox are cardboard cutouts this year. Yeah. yeah. Get it together. So I mean, I would say it's a it's a it's dire. When you say it's dire, yeah, I would say it would be really hard to claim a championship this year, even if you want it. Yeah, you know, uh, they should they should really do a literary series if they had one. Dire, dire literary. Hey, don't you have a literary series called Dire? It's called Virtual Fridays Dire Literary Series. It's the I like it. new name. I've had a hell of a time at that Dire Literary Series. I've had a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun, and uh, it's, you know, uh, I just started it as sort of, you know, the research had everything to do with just like having an open mic, because back in March, no one kind of knew what to do, and yep. you know, no one knew, like, can we do live readings? So, you know, I think I was one of the first to jump in, and then it sort of morphed into almost the way the live dire used to be. You know, we got features now, we have the open, of course, and, you know, I do other things with the technology, which is kind of like a lot of fun. It's incredibly uh, exciting to, the, the, you've been getting really good, good uh, authors, poets, um, and, uh, you know, uh, you know, both very, very accomplished people are, are joining Dyer on a, on a regular basis. It's very great to hear these. I mean, I, I, I go to a lot of open mics um, and poetry open mics, but there's nothing like Dyer, really. You get a lot of great um, writers there. Uh, do you remember the one when the, 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 uh, the first one I went to was, um, it was, oh, geez, I don't remember her name, but her husband is a movie star and he was in the background. Marianne Leone. Yeah, that was, oh, great. Yeah, that was a great read. And then her her, her husband was like, hey, I'm not, you know, right here, you know? Yeah. I mean, you never know what's going to happen. And the thing is, um, a lot of the people that I asked to read are fairly well known and award winners, and the only reason they do it is because I connected with them with the with the uh, live diary years ago, or the Somerville News Writers Festival. Yeah, are they all are they all Boston people who have just moved around and gone all over the, the the or were they touring and you found them when you were at Dyer or? Uh, well, originally it's a cold call, you know, way way back. I mean, I might have made a cold call back in like. 2002 to somebody and like during the Somerville News Writers Festival when I first connected with Nick Flynn like he was a feature awesome. you know you know he got a nice check and uh then uh when 
the Massachusetts Poetry Festival was going on, they were looking for people to pick up some of the their featured performers there. And Nick Flynn was one of the guys. I said, oh, I kind of know Nick. I'll pick him up and give him a ride to Salem. And, you know, oh, wow. cool. those things are so it's, after that stuff, it's really easy to be like, hey, you know, I've got a virtual Zoom event. We're promoting indie bookstores. Do you want to come on? And, you know, it's people are just very, very gracious if you ask them. And yeah. the thing is, I mean, it goes all, it's the whole gamut. I mean, I'd say 20 to 50% of the time, I don't even get a response from an email. Like, and, uh, you know, I have my professional sounding email. Hey, would you like to? This is what we do, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I don't know. So 20 to 50% won't respond at all. Yeah. And another 20 to 30% will respond and say, in not so many words, I'm not interested. I'm busy. I'm writing a book. I'm doing these other events, blah, blah, blah. And out of the cold calls, generally 10 to 15% say yes. And the other people I get for feature are people I've already had connections with that, um, you know, they can be they can be one hundred percent honest with me whether they want to do it. Maybe they're doing it as a favor to me, or maybe this, you know, or maybe uh, they can't as well. And those are the people that are just super honest because uh, you know those are the ones that you know we kind of know each other. We got a little background. There's been some cool cool stuff recently. Uh, there was uh, you know every Friday you have Dyer, uh, you have Wednesdays. Uh, let's go. It's like Tuesday. There's there's um, well. I don't know what Tuesday is. Maybe it's my show. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe we'll do it on Tuesdays. Wednesday, you have Stone Soup um, on Wednesdays. And also Speak Up at the Wednesday Cafe is Wednesdays as well. What, what, and Thursday, if you can feel it, you can speak it is Thursday, which is a yeah. great open mic. Friday is Dyer. And then I, uh, Saturday is Saturday Afternoon Poets, which is Josh Coleman cued me into that. And um, uh, but I haven't I haven't done that one yet. But Sunday I went to Poetry Apocalypse. It's Doc Jennings, right? The Saturday afternoon was Doc Jennings. Yeah. Oh, Doc Jennings does. does yeah, he, he does the Saturday afternoon one. Yeah. He's great. I met him at through Dyer actually. Yeah. And uh, Sunday, uh, then I went to uh, Poetry Apocalypse, uh, which was uh, Josh Corwin invited me to that, and that was a lot of fun. So I, I should invite you to that one. That was fun. Um, so yeah, there's all these great, um, you know, events happening, but I wanted to see if you, uh, were you involved with the Boston Poetry Marathon at all this year? Yeah, I was a reader and I also did some tech work and the tech work was that they acknowledged me for my tech work. I, I did about an hour, an hour and a half of it, but you know, they, the people, the organizers of the marathon pulled all the heavyweights. So it was nice of them to acknowledge me. I didn't do that much. I know Chad Parento did a lot. Yeah, he's the man. He does a lot for a lot, a lot, a lot. So I read it and it was really, really great to do that. And so speaking about, we were talking about older work that makes you wince. I read at the Chirvana Barber 15th anniversary series. Nice. And, uh, Gloria said, invited me, it's Gloria Mindock, but I had to read from Savannah Barber books and I last one I published with them was 2009 so when she told me that I'm kind of like am I gonna be able to stand anything I gotta find some stuff and the thing is when I looked back at the two Savannah Barber books that were published there's a lot of forgotten stuff that was like hey that's cool you know yeah how many books is it for you now uh Tim 15 and the one in one in queue I've actually Another one finished that Joe the Salamander that I'm shopping around, and I don't know how much longer I can continue to shop for. It's been a couple of years. 
I've heard some of Joe, Joe the Salamander. It's great. I mean, I, I, it's, uh, I like it a lot. You read it at Dyer all the time. And I always close off the show with it. It's great. Yeah, it's, um, like, it's like a, one of those old radio serials. Joe the Salamander's on the edge of the cliff. What will you do now? Tune in next week. Tune in next Dyer to see what happens with Joe the Salamander. I have one of your books up here. Uh, it's Joe's not actually a salamander, by the way. Just I have Grand Slams of yours. Oh, yeah. I also have the Facebook one you did, the chat, the chat book, the anti-Facebook one. Oh, anti-social network. Yeah, yeah. I got this one. Look at you, Tim. All right. Yeah. I don't know if you signed them or not. I don't think you did, but I got them somehow. But, um... I'll sign them here. 15, 15 to 2. Um, you're winning. You're winning. I only have two books. Um, but I'm working on a third right now, actually. Uh, train of Thought, um, part part two. Uh, almost home. It's almost it's almost done. It's pretty much done. I just I have to do it myself, you know. Yeah. So um, yeah. So come to write, actually. What which one? Brent, uh, Slams was a lot of fun to write. What was that one about? Like to people who don't know. What was what was that about? It was a, it takes place in a restaurant similar to Denny's, hence similar to Denny's. And a lot of the stories within that book. I, when I was in college, I worked at a Denny's in Lexington, Massachusetts, um, during uh, summer break and sometimes during winter break. And uh, the cast of characters fit right into that book. You know, the coke sniffing manager who's making deals with the it was like the Motel 6 manager, like free breakfast for free rooms types of stuff. And like, you know, it's, uh, the restaurant industry is, uh, I mean, if you just go out to eat, you've no idea <laughs> what goes on in the restaurant industry. Oh, I, I've been there. I've, I've done it. I've worked in uh, many, many restaurants. It's quite a thing. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. It's a culture. Definitely culture. It is, and it's in a lot of ways it brings you back to like high school pecking orders too. Oh yeah, yeah. Like if you're like if you're like the dishwasher, you're the low guy in the high school. Yep, yep. You're the young waitress, you're like the cheerleader. Woo! I, I was the dishwasher. <laughs> I, I started out the dishwasher, you know, and man, did I I did not like that after a while, and then I end up, uh, you know, uh, eventually I became a waiter, which is great because you learn how to fuck up many orders at once which is always helpful multitasking multi multi fucking up everything <laughs> i still have dreams about multi fucking up my my, my orders uh and here's the funny thing and this is a little bit about my psyche i'll have a dream uh you know where i'm a waiter right and i'm uh, I, I'm, uh, I'm i have a, a it always takes place in a restaurant okay i, I have a i have a i have a um order i have a, all these people start coming in all right all of a sudden my dream starts okay and yeah I, I don't know where i end up I'm, I'm you know i'm fighting dragons and stuff and i come back five hours later and everyone's wondering where my food is uh that that and then do you see what i'm saying that's how my dreams work you know i go back i revisit and i'm back at the at the restaurant did you ever uh are you portlandia Yes, yes. Remember the very first episode? They're sitting in a restaurant. They're like, where is this chicken from? Is it from, is it a caged chicken? And they're like, 
Can we go to the farm and they get up in the restaurant and they visit the farm? It turns out to be yeah. like a, and then two years later they go back to the restaurant. They're like, Are you ready to order now? I was like, Oh yeah, I think we'll have something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I'm glad you tied that in because I really just put out a dream that was just like, you know, I it's it's, it's okay. But yeah, Portlandia, um, did you know that the that that the woman from Portlandia is actually from Cedar Kinney? Did you know that? No, I did not. Cedar Kinney and La Tigra. Two bands. You should find them on Twitter because they're there. I'll check it out. Oh, yeah, I think way back when I started watching Portlandia, I, I'd heard that and I, I think I checked it out really briefly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, so, so Tim, we're going we're gonna to close off the show because this was a really great, uh, great check in conversation. What's going on, you know, and kind of just low key, just what's up. I uh, was just saying, uh, anything you want to uh, promote, anything that you're doing that you want to, to talk about, um, you know, when, when can we catch you next? What's, what's, what's up for tonight? Well, besides the dire, um, I'll let people know. I've got some new work being published coming up the next month or so. Um, there's my last book. You can get that at Apple, too. This one, you can't have this one. It says not for resale. You see that? Yeah, yeah. Because it's mine. Now, and so uh, check that out and support your local indie bookstores. I mean, I mean, I, there's no dig on Amazon. They're doing a great job during, uh, you know, when people can't leave the house of delivering food and necessities to people. But they're making billions of dollars and, you know, good for them. Uh, it's, but it's your indie bookstores that it's going to go out of business. And, you know, we need them. And like them. Tim, I want to say that that is true. Um, I actually... I want to say I want to say that yes, it's okay to get. In my opinion, the only thing that I'm ordering um, are from books. I'm trying to order them from independent bookstores. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do what I'm going to do, and people are gonna do what they're gonna do. So, I mean, I don't want to tell people what to do because I think we're our society is so busy telling what other people should. Yeah. It's so easy to get a book from Amazon, but I actually took a took a second to get it from Harvard Bookstore, and I got two books coming because my local bookstore that I like, Andy's Bookstore, have folded because of COVID. So I don't want that to happen. So I don't yeah. want it to fold. So I like how I, every every time uh, you uh, you're kind of promoting the independent bookstores um, at Dyer, you know, and uh, so far you you promoted. Uh, let me think. I can remember. A book soup in LA. The one in LA, the one in was it Brooklyn? The one in Brooklyn. Yeah. It was, Books are cool. Is that the name of it? Yep. Like that. It was, uh, of course, uh, Porter Square Books was promoted. Porter Square Books, um, Newtonville Books. Um, Way for New England Mobile Book Fair, which is saying City Lights was a City, city Lights. Lights. And then there was the one in Salem, too. And uh, Brookline Booksmith. I mean, yep. these are the favorite bookstores of my uh, features. And, you know, they're all they're all great. You know, they're all... Yeah, stuff. yeah. And I'm, I'm hoping that these bookstores start to have readings pretty soon. And hopefully we can figure it out and everything. We can all go back to somewhat normal uh, life. But uh, real quick, my only news is, Tim, that um, Oddball is a nonprofit now. We're, we're not... The oddballmagazine.org. We're actually the oddballfoundation.org. Oh, wow. Yeah. The oddball. Thank you. Yeah. So the oddball. So oddball foundation now is we're a nonprofit. We have, um, you know, we're that means working. you can pay me for this appearance now. 
when I get my 501c3. I <laughs> uh, so, uh, so we're working on the 501c3. When that happens, I can we can do all sorts of cool cool stuff, including fundraisers and donations and all sorts. And does that of affect things. your publishing business too? Is that under the umbrella? Yep, it's under. It's I mean yes, yeah. I mean it's all kind of. We're going to take the money um, if we get any money from the Oddball Foundation to create events and also, uh, you know, contests and cool stuff. Well, I don't know what contests, but like build up Oddball, make Oddball like great and, and then be able to do more uh, stuff with that. So we're, we're, what, what we were doing before COVID hit, we were planning on doing workshops and charity things and 5Ks and all sorts of cool stuff. So we'll get there, but... Um, do you want to uh, talk about who's next on Dyer? Uh, yes, I would say. I, we're on this live, correct? Was I? Yeah, yeah. So it would. Um, so, so what we have is so this Friday we have poet Amy King, and like Amy's great. Like uh, some people, uh, Amy put out like one tweet and one post on Facebook, and I already have like fifteen people join the Dyer group at one. Wow. Hear Amy King read, and you know I, I'm all for authors, authors promoting their own readings. I mean, it's really important to help the people that are hosting you because they need help too. So Amy King and I've got Doug Holder, who's got a great anthology of all of his work that was put out by Big Table Publications. Yeah, he's after Amy, and then coming soon after that is Marge Piercy and Dewitt. Henry. So we have. Uh, uh, a lot of folks coming up, and uh, it's always going to be to make it, you know, do the best I can with it. So. Yeah, and um, just to let let everybody know, Oddball Magazine is published. We publish Monday through Friday, uh, two to three times a day. Um, we have comic strips, we have poetry, we have mental health columns, we have music columns, we have uh, uh, new, the one of my favorite columns is Bruce Wise's uh, Wise Words, uh, check it out. Uh, we have Liza Zayas's Underground Garden and James Van Loy's uh, It's All One Thing. Um, you know, we will be premiering some of our podcasts on the sh on uh, Oddball and there's a lot to come. So we just wanted to uh, come back and say, you know, kind of do a little update and where we're at with the Oddball show. And, awesome. Yeah, and I wanted to bring Tim on because I, I really, I, I just, I just said, Tim, let's have a, a conversation. Let's talk. Love my gums as good as the rest of them. As good as that. Really, really non-scripted. Just kind of went for it, you know. And uh, that's it, because oh, the football show has like a li list of five and ten and all that kind of stuff. I need to add, if you want to attend the Virtual Fridays Dire Literary Series, join the Virtual Fridays Dire Literary Series group on Facebook. Or find me in social media, and and I will uh, send you an invitation to the events. Awesome, Tim. And if you want to find Oddball Magazine, you can go oddballmagazine.com. And if you're on Facebook, you can find us at Friends of Oddball Magazine. Any any parting words, Tim? No, I just uh, really grateful and thankful you had me on, Jason. Hey, you rock, Tim. Till next time, uh, we'll we'll see you real soon, Tim. I'll see you Friday at Dyer, hopefully. Come on, keep it on, everyone. COVID is is uh, is a menace, but we are we're, we're handling it, and uh, you know keep on going, right? Jason Wright, over and out. Thanks.
Hey there, all you mammals and Martians. This is Prof from The Oddball Show. If you've been tuning into our preposterous podcast and like what you've been hearing, why not pop over to iTunes and leave us a review? iTunes not your thing? Well, then come on over and follow us on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play Music, and Buzzsprout. Learn more about who we are at oddballmagazine.com and jplineproductions.com. Link up with us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Send us a tasteful yet inspiring postcard, or just give us a holler in your nearest CB radio, good buddy. On behalf of Jason Wright and myself, thanks for listening to The Oddball Show, and stay tuned.